0: So welcome to Loving Your Garden, the better gardening podcast, part of your Loving Your Garden Facebook group, which has just passed another thousand member milestone. Uh, Thank you to all the new followers on the podcast, by the way. Great to have you with us. Let's not waste a moment longer, though. Let me say hello to my podcast partner, Gardener Richard Chuck. Hello, Richards. Hello, Rod. How are you? mustn't grumble and what's this about you've damaged your shoulder again are you just last week we agreed you wouldn't overwork it you wouldn't do it any more damage and what's happened
1: I I did all of the above (laughs) so I was climbing some ladders today and I I couldn't remember I was doing some painting and I I had to re-coat it and I couldn't remember which way I twisted because I was up I was up about 12 steps up a ladder and I twisted the wrong way Uh, which is annoying because I fully intend to do the shack again this weekend. I thought, right, we're ready to start again now. This is a shed I'm building. And I thought, this, this weekend's the weekend I'm going to do it. And then I thought, oh, my God. So I've had to take more painkillers. But it is definitely getting better. I do feel better. I'm not waking up in the middle of the night in absolute agony. I'm waking up with a sort of a dull pain. You know, it's a lot better than it was.
0: Uh, well, Jason was shaking his head there, Richard, because uh, he spends a lot of time up ladders. So uh, as we will find out in just a moment, Jason is our guest this evening. Uh, before we, before I introduce uh, our guest this week, the weather, we've got to talk about it. I mean, I can't remember um, a, a start of May that was such outrageous weather i mean first of all those heavy frosts uh, last week and the fact that it was just so too miserable to go out gardening and then we we've had everything thrown at us this first couple of days this week at last we were able to get out over the last couple of days
1: yeah it's uh, it's not usual this is it up here because i've moved up top of the world and i up here? and and i was expecting the anyway. The Himalayas
0: of of the Link- of Lincolnshire. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm up on the mountain top, and, and I, so I was expecting a lot of wind up here, but the cold threw me completely, but that's because of the recent spell. Now, it's definitely improved up here. My garden, I don't know about yours, Rob, but mine was not growing at all. I, I was having no. plants that were probably half an inch out the ground. No good to yeah. me, that. No good to man yeah. the beast
0: everything has been knocked back hasn't it it's uh, extraordinary really and you can see quite a few of the um uh, the shrubs in particular have been nipped by the frost as well you know there's a fair few leaves that look a bit sorry for themselves but um things are looking better um after uh uh, today i think uh we we are going to see and still going to get some rain which is great actually we get a bit of sunshine and a bit of rain which is for the garden is perfect um right let's introduce our guest this week who is a gardener but it's other skills that we've brought him along uh, to discuss uh, this week because it's painter and decorator to the stars jason fitzgerald hello jason Hi, guys. Glad Hello. to be here. You can see now why I was saying about the ladder work. You were shaking your head there, Jason.
2: I was. <laughs> Come on, Richard. You need to get a professional in,
1: you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's unfortunate, Jason, but I actually work on an old estate where I'm, I'm, I have to do these little jobs, these little DIY jobs for them, and part of the job. So rather be up an apple tree, but there you go.
0: anyway so jason uh we we asked you along because uh you as a professional painter and decorator uh you do a lot of of work outside um in gardens because there's so much more to do now you know everybody's got into decking and uh, there are so many more products out there now with all the garden furniture whether it's decking fencing uh summer houses um pergolas uh, there is so much going on in gardens now, particularly over the last year. Of course, we—I we, I happened to mention last week—we've got another four million gardeners across the UK as, as a result of of well, the pandemic. Let's let's be let's be brutal about it, and um, that that has created so much more interest in in things to put in your outdoor space. But with that comes maintenance.
2: Certainly does, and obviously this time of year everyone's out in the gardens they're all seeing things that they haven't seen for most of the year usually after the bank holidays you get a bit of good weather and everyone's phone starts ringing oh gosh you know the the cabin needs doing or god those fences i don't fancy doing them myself this year let's get someone in to do it so we've been quite busy It's been quite good
0: so what are the key things then i suppose it'll vary depending on what aspect of of uh, garden furniture or materials we're working with but what are the sort of key things we we need to bear in mind
2: okay so to the the main and most important message i can put out there and we all know that prep is important prep is key so it's really important that uh, whatever you're going to stain or paint or varnish um it needs to be clean dry and free from uh, algae and mold uh, i've got, got a friend that calls algae and mold the living scabs of the garden, so it's really important to get those off. Otherwise, they will just eat up whatever you're going to put on it, and then within three or four months your you'll find that will be growing through what you've what you've put on it. So that's 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 the key message really, uh, making sure everything's clean and good weather of course. We need the good weather, you know. Temperatures ideally, especially if we're going to be using uh, garden-friendly products, you're looking at temperatures that need to be well above five degrees some of the nastier stuff we can use around about five but really we'd recommend get a nice sunny day and get out there and get working
0: right so we get to the the, the painting then and um, and there seems to be uh i mean i go into a, a certain well-known diy store uh and you can spend hours in there i mean the number of of different paints and paint brushes and uh, and all the other accoutrements that you can get you know not not least the the stuff you can wear uh, to paint i mean there's,
2: there's no end to it there is no end to it i tend to steer clear of the stuff you can wear and, and all that sort of thing but <laughs> but yeah pro- product wise you're right and I, I tend to put them into two categories you've got the waterborne or water-based uh, products which you can wash your brushes out in the sink afterwards and are very kind to the environment and indeed your plants and and uh, animals, most importantly for me. Uh, And then there's the other side, which we call the oil-based or solvent-based, which they're a little bit nastier, but historically more hard-wearing and more durable. But the, the the waterborne products that we use now, we use a hundred percent unless the customer specifically asks for, for solvent-based products, and then I'll I'll quiz them as to why they think the solvent-based product's better than what we can offer. The eco-based uh, stuff is getting really good now. You know, you, some some of this stuffs one coat systems, with a with a one coat maintenance system after five years. So it's, it's it's getting good. There's some good stuff out there don't go for the cheap stuff mid-range is fine around about 20 pounds for five liters and that will get you going you know but don't don't go for the sorry to say it, the own brand you will really get what you pay for and you'll be doing it again in the years or the year or so's time
0: okay so the other thing is is that there seems to be different products for different aspects of of the garden furniture so for, for decking uh, you pr- perhaps wouldn't use the same stuff uh, as you would for fencing or is that is, is that not right
2: Well, yeah, generally, I mean, products have come a long way over the last 20 years. However, if you if again, if we break it down, fencing is your rough sawn timber, then you come on to cabins and summer houses, they tend to be smooth. And then you've got your decking, which is a a product which is on the floor. So it comes under different stresses and strains with weather and and sitting water and stuff. So we've already touched on the fence products, you know, it, it says fence care, it clearly says what it does on the tin. When you move away towards, say, the cabins and the summer houses, a lot of people are going for vibrant colours, pastels, particularly popular at the moment. And there are lots of products out there. Again, Coopronau do, uh, Osmo do um, various products, um, which will give you, you know, you, you use on, on on the smooth paint. It gives you a semi-sheen finish to it, a more of an opaque finish, shall we say. When it comes to decking, now that's a totally different animal. There's stains, there's varnishes, there's waxes. Again. The majority of them that we would use would be an eco-friendly or water-based. But there's, there's also eco-friendly oils out there as well. Osmo for in particular uh, a brand which is very good. It's very high-end, well worth the money. And again, when it comes down to the preparation, we've touched on fences, summer houses and cabins. When it comes down to preparing your decking, you've really got to get in there. That's when you really do have to get the elbow grease in. Because anything you leave in them grooves, the stain or the oils that you're going to be using won't penetrate they'll just sit on top it will look fantastic for about three months and then all that mold and stuff will start coming through again, and then a bit of rain, bit of wind, and you'll be out there next summer thinking, "Good heavens! I thought I did this last year." Mm.
0: So the cleaning's very, very important.
2: Now, wh- one
0: thing uh, I did want to mention is, is sprayer or
2: uh, brush. Right. Well, I'm glad you. I'm glad have come. On. I was going. I was just going to uh, mention about application methods. So there's rollers, there's brushes, there's pads, there's sponges. We're all familiar with those. Now we're all starting to get familiar with spraying. Everybody's decided, well, this is good, isn't it? Let's spray the fences. My advice would be to use a roller or a brush. I would only use a sprayer because we've got professional spray kits. Um, and we can, we can get within an inch of its life without uh, what we call overspray. And we'll come back to overspray later. So lots of people are going out spraying. So my general advice would be if you are going to spray and I wouldn't recommend it, Make sure it's not a windy day. Sounds simple, but you'd be surprised. And realistically, stay away from the top third of your fence panel. I've got a little anecdote about spraying that hopefully will make people realise why they shouldn't do it. <laughs> do, do tell. Do tell. Right. Well, in preparation for this, I did phone a, a friend of mine. He used to work for me many over 20 years ago. He decided to go it alone because he thought, you know, I can do this. So I got a frantic phone call from him one day. He wasn't even spraying. He was using a roller, uh, painted some render on the side of a building. And uh, unbeknownst to him, the wind was just generally gently lapping around the edge of the building. So he didn't know that every time he used his roller up and down in a you know, vigorous movement, he was creating what we call overspray, fine dust in the air. You know, if you don't put your dust sheet down on your wooden floor, you get all this fine, misty stuff. That's overspray. So he finished the job. Got paid for it, went off. Got a phone call within about 15 minutes later. Parked just round the corner out of sight from him was a red Ferrari. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh. He had done a very good job on turning this red Ferrari into something that looked like it had chicken pots. Cost him a lot of money right. to get it right. So, you know, and that's just with a roller, guys. You know, <laughs> get those <laughs> sprayers back in that shed. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> It's not good, is it? All right.
0: Yeah. So the key takeaways for that are preparation, i.e. making sure your surfaces are clear of algae and, and rubbish and mud and all the rest of it. That's a big takeaway for me. And, uh, okay, don't use a sprayer. I do use a sprayer, but I'm, I am very, very, very careful with it, Yeah, because uh, I've uh, got a lot of wood outside.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd like to just add, add on to that as well, uh, and I'm sure Richard will probably back this up some form as to do with gardening. Be realistic. If you've got 20 metres of fencing, the likelihood of you cleaning that fencing down properly and getting a coat of whatever you're going to put on it in a, you know on a Saturday or on a weekend it is it's pretty unlikely. So break the job down into areas. Say, right, I'm going to do this section. I'm going to clean that down. And then when I finish cleaning that down, I'm going to, I'm going to paint it or, or whatever I'm going to do with it. Then move on to your next thing. The, the problem is we see, I see no end because increasingly we're doing more of this we, we they say well i did this last year or two years ago and you see where they started it looks fantastic but halfway through you can see where they've lost interest and they further lost interest <laughs> and then it's just ah you did you run out of paint uh no just lost <laughs> <the> interest <laughs> so yeah, break it down make everything manageable be realistic with your expectations. yeah i agree with that as well rod because um
1: i've done some with a sprayer many years ago the lady insisted i used a sprayer it's one of those pump ones and, oh yeah and it was a nightmare <laughs> for me and i did it on a really hot day and, and and i used to do lawn care and we was always warned against warm days of rising when you spray and it it's the deck you know the, the grass and Yeah. you can get heat where it comes up and and, and it did and it was doing pretty much the same on um on this flipping fence so it was horrible but the other thing that i had to be wary of with her as well was because she wasn't really a gardener was um, you've got a load of plants right where i'm you want me to do this fence for you because i was really going to do garden work for her but she wanted that's part of the garden work as far as they're concerned and and you've got to be really really wary about where the plants are and timing it and um that's that's what's pretty difficult because i know i use and you're not going to like this but i sometimes use creosote on you know like a shed i'm building i want the feet i don't want to have to keep coming back to treat that and i have to be very very wary where i'm going to paint this because i'm cautious because of the plants underneath it and i'm i'm like every garden i want the plant in and that's it it's gone in and i'm got oh i've got to paint it now or maybe i should have painted it first and you don't so creosote you don't get you don't get away with but I guess with um, some of the stuff that you use, you is it is it plant friendly? I don't know. I just don't. I don't well, really do a lot of painting colours in my garden.
2: No, no. I, th- I think uh, I've probably been a bit flippant with the term. Uh, nothing that, that's man-made really uh, that you're going to put on your fence is, is plant friendly it's just yeah. less harmful i would say uh, so yeah. still be careful with it you know be vigilant don't start chucking it around like you know okay. but uh, but yeah it, it's going to do less damage to to, to your plants long term they might not look very good <laughs> for a few no. weeks i've done plants before rod where like say something like a beginia
1: which is a bigger leafed thing you start painting and suddenly you can uh, you can paint that a different colour, well, it can end up a different colour to what you intended, dropping bits and bobs on it. And sometimes I do, you know, I do find a pot of white paint wherever I am and I'll paint, it. you know, because I'm a bit like this, I'll, I'll be in someone's garden and I will paint... A yellow flower white I know, I know i shouldn't confess to that but i have done it and just to see the look on the faces to see if the thing hang on a minute i'm sure that was yellow and it's just funny but <laughs> I don't, I don't know it's just one flower but it is hilarious when you see it done and, and i think yeah, you've just I,
0: done yourself I, out of some jobs there i uh, think Manchester. i just have
1: i am hoping that no one's listening to it who, who, who i've worked for in the past
0: other gardeners are available.
2: <laughs> I was, I was going to, just going to add to that. If any of my boys are listening to this, don't. <laughs> <laughs> not big and it's not clever. No, it's not. It, it's funny, though. So, Jason, you, you, you're a gardener. You
0: enjoy your gardening. You're on loving Your Garden. I see you on there often. Uh, how, how is your garden going?
2: Well... <laughs> I'm not a very good gardener, as I always say, but I love gardening. I love I love the garden. So my wife decided that she wanted a bit of colour in the garden. This is last year. So she probably bought every single possible bulb on the planet. So at the oh. moment, we've got a crescendo, a cacophony of colour in the garden. It looks fantastic.
0: That's Richard out there painting them. That's, that's
2: <laughs> no, my garden looks fantastic at the moment. We've got some shrubs that have come on over the last couple of years as well. So, But yeah. I, I, without the advice of the gardening uh, show it wouldn't have invigorated me to do more i'm going to be quite honest with you so, uh, yeah. so we've enjoyed that well uh you know loving your garden um if
0: you listen to the podcast and you haven't related it to the facebook group look at look it up uh on facebook it's called loving your garden and uh, say so we just passed another a thousand member milestone this week and uh really pleased with that you know in the space of a year we're really moving along a pace. I've got to ask you about because we, I described you as a painter and decorator to the stars, and only because I've heard the stories, Jason. I've heard the stories. And I, I know you can't reveal your clients, but um, you've got one or two uh, famous ones. But there was a story you told, which I think you can probably say more about. It was a story you told me about um, when somebody was filming and uh, you were on the set and made a nuisance of yourself. To tell us that one.
2: So, yeah, so so the long. Long story short, there is uh, working on a building site in London, and uh, we turned up for work one day, and there was a film crew. They, they just arrived overnight. We weren't told. So walking up there, all of a sudden, we see Helen and Bonocato looking as dashing as ever. Steve Coogan, Martin Clunes, they were on the set as well. So we were trying to get involved as much as we could, but the director was like, "No, you know, <laughs> you're not." <Yeah>. So, <laughs> yeah. so 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 the, the crux of the story goes that um, we basically decided to make a nuisance of ourselves until he gave in. The site manager at this particular time, it was, this is was the early days of mobile telephones, and he had the most annoying telephone ringtone you've ever heard in your life. And if you're familiar with the song, Donald Wears Your Trousers," like, oh, I can only <laughs> yeah. do it. Donald wears Your trousers, <laughs> And that used to, you know, and he used yeah. to love it. You know, everyone, oh, turn now. Anyway, so we were there and uh, yeah. the director's like, say, come on, guys, please, be, please be, be, be be, quiet. So you heard, right. And action. I said to my mate, yeah, I'll watch this. So we telephoned, we hid behind a van and we called him. And so in the middle of Helena Bonham Carter throwing some things out of a window, some clothes out of a window, this... That actually earned us lunch on the film set. We did a deal with him. If, if we could have lunch with Steve Coogan, Martin Clunes and Helena Bonham Carter, we'd all go home. There was only one that didn't join us, so I'm not going to tell you who it was. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell
0: you after uh, the podcast fantastic well listen uh jason brilliant to have you with us um richard well, before we wrap up quick plant of the week nomination Ooh, this week you've caught me out here haven't you? yeah well i'm i'm going for a geranium and uh right. it's blue it's blue delft uh is 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 the one i'm recommending this week um it's an absolute sweetheart uh it's um it's a really uh, it, it it comes in both mottles and speckles uh, and manages to do both for the price of one
1: uh, oh, wow.
0: and the thing about the geraniums you'll pick up in the in the garden centers this is no disrespect to garden centers but you know they'll be a bog standard you yeah. know reds or yellow whatever color um, but but you'll occasionally get a couple of colors but this is just not only is it um, a wonderful blue but it's um, it's got a sort of a purple purpley mottle, and then white specks as well. It's a most uh, unusual-looking plant. It goes into a decent-sized mound, so that's mine, Geranium Blue Delft.
1: Right. I'll go for something totally weird and wacky, what most people probably haven't heard of, called Polygonatum. Um, Now... Trying to think what his common name is. They'll know it by it. its Solomon seal. What it does is it—it's almost like a shepherd's crook. It comes up as a, its more like a snake, to be honest, at the moment. And it comes up as a skinny little thing, and it folds over, and it produces little white flowers. Now, you know, it can be quite invasive this plant if you're not used to it, and it can be all over the place. But it's just starting to to flower now in a, a whitey, creamy-type flower. It's very small, very insignificant, but when you spot it, it's just bizarre, and it could be something people, if they're looking for something unusual, try Polygonatum. That would be a, a good choice for them.
0: And well, One thing, I, I did mention Luca Gems um, a few weeks ago, didn't I? I picked them up from Barnesdale Gardens, and uh, they're still in flower.
1: Yes, yeah, still they go for flower. ages. Luca Gems the summer snowflake in it very quick rundown of the jobs this week. Uh, jobs this week, I would be getting on with continue to do your weeding. Now is the time when the weed's going to take yep. over without a doubt. So just yep. keep on top of those. Also, if you haven't divided any perennials yet and you want to, you know, multiply them, good time to be doing it right now, lifting them. Geraniums, you've mentioned, very good plant to, to be able to lift and split. Euchre is another good one to lift and split. Sedums, you could do the same. Um, and just keep your eye on those weeds because they're gonna take over the weathers. It's bang on in it at the minute. it's just come yeah. warm and wet and all those weeds are gonna love it. Yeah, so. I've just been out and bought myself some.
0: I, I, here's the thing: uh, the demand for stuff now is going through the roof. You know, we talked about the other the extra four million gardeners that have hit the uh, the you know the the industry over the last uh, year. Mm. Uh, I went to get some uh, wall mounted planters today. Yeah. I could not get them anywhere; they have all gone. Mm-hmm. And there is a garden centre. I won't mention the name. Uh, he's now limiting the number of Bags of compost you can take. You know it, yeah. the demand for stuff; is they, crazy, they, they cannot supply it quickly enough. All right, well, guys, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Jason, and uh, some great advice there, which mm. um, I'm sure people will be very grateful for. And uh, thanks for your time. And Richard, uh, once again, great to see you this week. And we're going to the Beaver Flower Show next week. We've got we're, we're off to the press launch on that. So I'll uh, I'll see you in the flesh there. Yes. <laughs> (laughs) Have a happy week's gardening. And you too, Rob.
2: Cheers, guys. (laughs)